Hey, what is up, CW Fighters? Stoked you're here for another awesome installment for Season 2. I think this is Episode 4. Uh, I can't really count past three and a half, so... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's where we're at right now in life. Uh, we're gonna be interviewing No More Slevic, and dude, he has the most manliest man name, um, so far. And this is nothing against anybody else we've interviewed, but... So far, anybody we've chatted with on our podcast. Uh, <laughs> and so kudos to your name. Um, I want to look it up one day. Um, don't forget, you know, to send us a message and reach out to us if you need to have any prayer requests or if you have an episode idea that you might have so we can cover on one of our weekly topics. Because uh, we're, we're getting open to that. And also check out the YouTube channel if you want to watch the, uh, the video recording of the podcast. And remember, if you are a member, then you get to listen to the podcast early. Um, and commercial-free bliss, as I say. <laughs> um, but without that, oh yeah, check out the merch. We have our CW merch. Um, you can support us that way and kind of help us uh, get better gear, go on expeditions, and fund a lot of cool stuff um, that we're going to start working on this year. But all right, without further ado, let's get on with the show. And if you have a story or encounter, shoot us an email or a detailed voice message to cryptidwarfare at gmail.com. That's C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-W-A-R-F-A-R-E at gmail.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cryptid Warfare. I'm one of your hosts, Z Baby, with the luscious, luxurious, luscious lips. What's going on, guys? This is Andrew. Oh, sorry, Drewski. And Crypto Warfare and Conspiracies. Guys, we've got an awesome guest on with us tonight. Kevin hooked us up with this dude. We were on his podcast. And I'm gonna give this, I'm gonna give this guy a little bit of a bio since he sent it to me. So it's gonna be good stuff. All right, author Nomar Slevic has been fascinated by all things paranormal since childhood, beginning with the UFO encounter at four years old. That's going to be something new to you right there. Because of that experience, his life's passion has been to research, investigate, write, and share extraterrestrial encounters from everyday people in the way that convoys the human element of profoundly strange encounters. Some of his works include the books, uh, Granite Skies, and Otherworldly Encounters. His podcast, I Want to Believe, just entered its seventh season and covers a range of paranormal topics. And his latest book comes out of this year, UFOs Over Maine, 10th Anniversary Edition. Slavic brother, gotta have, I'm so glad to have you on, man. Appreciate Good. you. Man. Thanks so much for having me on. And it was a blast to have you guys on my show. As of this recording, it's not out yet. It comes out on, let me see, get the calendar here. comes out on the 10th. So something to look forward to, to hear these guys share their stories. They're, they're being interviewed for once. Oh yeah, it's good. And I want to give a holler out to Kavinsky, where the weird ones are. That's our homie too, right there. So hey, weird. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Oh, what up, Kevin? Oh, bitch. 
I love Kevin. <laughs> Luscious <laughs> lips, Kevin. Major game at Criticon. Yeah. All right. Anyways, man. Yeah, man. Let's go ahead and just get into it, dude. The floor is yours, and just you know, let's get started on you know, uh, basically on how everything happened, man. On your fascination with all things paranormal since childhood, man. Like, let's start. Yeah. Like, let's start from the beginning, man. Let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So. It it really started at very early childhood. I was like four years old and I was living in Fort Kent, Maine, and that's at the tip of Maine. And which means I lived right across the river from Canada. Uh, like you could probably throw a rock across the river and hit Canada. That's how close we were. And, Dude, that uh, is cool. Yeah. And uh, I used to actually get my haircuts over there just because it was actually literally closer than the barber in my own town <laughs> wait, 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 so, hold on hold, wait, hold up did you have to did they have any like they have like a border checkpoint or anything or could you just drive across and do it no there was a border checkpoint but it was super lax typically uh you just like kind of pull into the border thing and my dad would roll down his window they're like what are you coming here for We're like oh getting the kid a haircut or we're going to zares or whatever department store was open yeah. at the time and they're like, okay. And then on your way back, like if we did go to a department store, they would like check the trunk and stuff just to make sure we weren't like buying stuff on the cheap and selling it yeah. in the US or whatever. But other than that, it was pretty, it was pretty lax from what I remember, but I was also super young. So, oh man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So living right across from the river, my room actually faced the river and faced Canada. And I had fallen asleep one night. And like a loud bang woke me up and my eyes kind of popped open and I was like, you know, what the heck was that? And I'm kind of looking around for an explanation and I start hearing soft taps at my window Ooh. and I, I realize it's raindrops hitting my window. And then I see the sky light up and I'm like, oh, a thunder and lightning storm. That must've been thunder that woke me up. So I kneel up on my bed to like watch the thunder and lightning storm. And I can see that the river is like all choppy and flowing really hard and the sky is lighting up and I'm seeing little bolts of electricity happening with the, with the lightning. But after just a moment, there was this really significant lightning bolt. Like if I were to ask you to draw a lightning bolt, you would draw that jagged yellow line, you know, uh -huh. or kind of looks like the charging indicator on your smartphone. Yeah. And it had gotten stuck in a cloud. It's the only way I can describe it. And even at like four years old, I understood that lightning only happened for a split second. But I was seeing this lightning bolt stuck in a cloud. And that's how my mind still remembers it. And there was electricity coming off of it. And there were booms associated with it. And then I'm not sure what happened. I just fell back asleep. I woke up the next morning. And I went to the bathroom and as I'm walking back from the bathroom to my room, I can look out my window and the lightning bolt's still there. Oh yeah. And I'm like, eh, this is weird. So I ran downstairs to get my dad I brought him all the way upstairs to show him. And when we got there, it was gone. And I was trying to explain to him about the thunder and lightning storm and the lightning, like being stuck in a cloud. And he was like, buddy, like it, it didn't even rain last night. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but I must've been like really insistent because I was kind of going on and on about it. So he had to kind of like kneel down, put his hands on my shoulder, get on my level. And I was like, buddy, like it didn't rain last night. I, I don't know what you want me to tell you, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay. And, you know, being four years old, you know, uh, the next thing happened that caught my attention. And I forgot all about it, you know? 
Yeah. So, you know, so it wasn't a scary thing. I wasn't like, oh, that was a UFO. I just kind of went on with my life. So it was about two or three weeks later and I'm being woken up again in the middle of the night. And this time it's my dad waking me up and he brings me downstairs and I can see that my mom is like shoving my sister into her like winter jacket and stuff. And to me, it's the middle of the night, you know, being four years old, I don't know if that's 9 PM or 3 AM, <laughs> you know what I mean? But my mom starts putting me in my coat and everything and and I'm like, what's going on? Like, oh, we're going outside. You have to see this. So my dad like scoops me up and we all walk outside. And my dad keeps telling me, buddy, look up, look up. But I'm just like freezing cold and my head's buried in his chest. And I finally take my head out and I look up and I see like this kaleidoscope of lights. And it's like greens and reds. And I realize now anyways, that it was the Northern lights and it was the first time and the only time I'd ever seen them. And I think those two incidents happening at such a young age kind of created this core memory that weird stuff happens in the sky and I should pay attention. And it wasn't until years later, like I was a teenager and I was thinking back about that lightning bolt in the sky. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time I saw a UFO and I, my mind didn't know how to make sense of it. And, and it saw it as a, a lightning bolt or something, but I'm pretty sure it's the first time I saw one. And that was the catalyst that kind of started my fascination. And since then I've been asking everybody and their mother you know, have you had a paranormal experience? Have you had a UFO experience? Like, tell me about it. Tell me everything about it. You know, so I've just been a collector of stories ever since. Let me tell you, man, uh, that, that thing still trips me out about like the lightning bolt just froze. Yeah, it was weird. And again, that's how my young mind perceived it. And that's how my adult mind remembers it, you know, but if I were to like draw it for you, there would be this jagged yellow line and it would be like at an angle and there would be a circle, almost like when you see the halo around the moon or a halo around the sun, you know, on like cloudy days or something like that. And it looked like there was a lightning bolt inside of it. So there was a circle shape to it with something bright in the middle, you know, yeah. and, and that made me think like, eh, that was probably, I mean, that was some sort of UFO. It certainly wasn't a lightning bolt stuck in a cloud. You know, that, yeah. that actually makes less sense than a UFO, <laughs> you know, in my opinion. Did, uh, man, it kind of makes me wonder if anyone else in that region or area saw that as well. Yeah, I know. And to me, it was so apparent and it was basically like above the river between the U S and Canada. And there were a lot of houses, you know, relatively speaking. I mean, it was, it's a small remote Northern Maine town, but it is a town of, you know, like what, at least 5,000 people. And, yeah. you know, that's small, but that's still a lot of eyes that can be on something, you know? So I too wonder <clears throat> if there's been anything, you know, if anybody else saw that, but I don't know. Okay. So basically on like on your research and all that and things you've been doing for years, have you correlated anything that has anyone seen the same thing? Any encounters, oh, yeah. anything like that? Yeah. There's a lot of correlations to be made, but what do they mean? I have no idea. It's, it's all still really confusing. And 
I have no problem admitting that this UFO phenomenon, like I think I told you guys when we were speaking during your interview on my podcast, that the one thing I've learned after, you know, 20 plus years doing this stuff is I only have more questions and I mm-hmm. rarely get answers. But there are some 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 threads that go through a lot of stories. Some of those threads are it runs in families. You know, if if I'm speaking to an experiencer, and let's just say for this conversation's sake, they're 30 years old. Well, I ask about their parents. I ask about their grandparents. If they have children, I ask about the children in regards to are they also seeing stuff? And their first thought is like, no. And they think about it a little bit. And again, this is just in my experience, but they think about it a little bit. And they're like, you know, my dad told me something. Sometimes it'll even be a week or two after I interview them. And they'll be, mm-hmm. you know, my dad saw something when he was my age or whatever, you know. So I, I kind of find that it runs in the in families. Not always, but, it, it, yeah. you know, some of the times it does. Other correlations are, yeah, people are seeing similar shapes. There there was a whole rash of triangle UFO sightings, but there's been huge rashes of orange orbs, you know, being seen. So, yeah, there's lots of correlations. But, you know, what does that really mean? Does that mean that particular subset of UFO alien species is what's visiting the area a lot, you know, during a certain set of times? You know, I have no idea what it means, but. Yeah. What's kind of funny is when you stated that it's just kind of like family groups that see these stuffs. This girl we interviewed, her, her mother, her grandmother, so on and so forth. That's they've been that. getting, they've been getting, yeah, they've been getting abducted by aliens since as far as she can remember in her history. And they told her that it it actually goes with bloodlines. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I, you know, there, there may be something to it. I would never speak in absolutes cause that's impossible in this yeah. field, but uh, that certainly seems plausible. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it, yeah. I wrote a, a book on a gentleman. His name's Mike Stevens. It's the book Granite Skies. And mm-hmm. he's a gentleman from New Hampshire. And since just about three or four years old, same age I was when I saw something, he's been having ongoing experiences up until this day. And I conducted several long form interviews with him. And I found out a lot of information about his you know, father and his mother having sightings when you know, before Mike was born, Mike's grandfather had an interest in UFOs. There was some stuff just outside the immediate family, you know, cousins, nieces, nephews that had some interesting sightings as well. And it was really interesting to see all that come out through our long form conversation. I know it's been a long time since four, but do you remember having any, any dreams that, that stick out to you? from around, I guess, or, or after that time that just seemed off or like they could have been related and, and that could be like I, a I feeling th- that they gave you or things you might uh, have seen. What the hell just happened over there? No idea. I think it was a timer on, on the light. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when you say, if you see a boom, shoot to the window, just keep recording, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so that's buddy, you better get that pistol out, ready to go. <laughs> All of a sudden we see like a gray picking through, picking through right there at the window. That'd be nuts. <laughs> so <up> they're here. <laughs> Not the pro. Oh That's the third time this week. <laughs> <clears throat> oh so to answer your question, though, dreams or, you know, did other stuff follow up that sighting? Sort of. So two things happened. And one of them is still happening to this day. And I don't know if it's because of that, 
but I've been told by other people that a lot of people don't experience. It is a phenomenon people experience, but a lot of people don't. So at night when the lights are off, I see everything as black and white and like staticky snow, like on a TV, you know? So it's like, everything's like really pixelated, if you will. And it's black and white. And, and I thought that was normal until I, I was talking to a buddy and I think I was in like my early twenties. I'm 46 now. So it was like, you know, 20 years ago or over 20 years ago. And I was just talking to a buddy, not even about paranormal stuff, but, but I was like, you know how it is at night when everything's black and white, you know? And he was like, what? I'm like at nighttime, everything's black and white. That's not a thing, man. So we're talking about, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? Uh, so anyways, that, that kind of sparked that. And then I started asking around. So I was doing research for my first book, which is UFOs of Remain. And I'll get into the 10th anniversary edition in a little bit, but I was working on that book and I wanted to explain a little bit about that phenomenon because it kind of started around four or five years old. And I was kind of putting two and two together much later in life. I'm like, I wonder if that was a Maybe something more happened. I don't know, you know, with that sighting, but it feels like it started after that weird lightning bolt. So I even called my eye doctor that I was using at the time. And he's like, oh, that's, that's neurological. It's something with your brain. That's not something with your eyes. I'm like, what? So I started doing a bunch of research on neurological issues that can manifest and not one of them was anything about seeing things in black and white, you know, specifically at night or with distortion to it or anything. And and he was also a little bit dismissive when I asked him about it. And I thought that was kind of weird. So it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. So I stopped seeing him like after that. (laughs) And the second thing that happened after that UFO encounter is, I don't know if it was a dream, Z, but. I would see, it would be, again, it would be at night and it would be like when I went to bed and I, and again, I don't know if I, I would have fallen asleep. Like if this was a dream or I just started seeing it, but like my, the ceiling or whatever I was looking at, either my walls or the ceiling would like go away and become completely black, almost like the night sky. And I could kind of see really small pinpoints of light. Like there were stars way, way out there, like even smaller than how we see them now. And I would start to see them form little geometric shapes, almost like you were using an Etch-A-Sketch really fast. You know how those are all like right angles and stuff. And, but I would see that forming in the lights, these little points of light. And I would just sit there and watch it. And then it would eventually go wrong, 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 wrong. And kind of like pulse almost. And then I felt I would fall asleep or forget about it. I, you know, next thing I know it'd be morning. And that was really a childhood thing that hasn't happened since I was maybe like 10 years old or something. And I think again, that was a a thing after, after seeing the lightning bolt. I don't know what to make of it, but. Have you ever, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Z, go ahead. Um, Like, like through your research and stuff, like, like I'd, I've heard of so so many childhood abductions and stuff like that, but I haven't heard of parents talking about like babies and stuff like that. Because most of the time, you know, when if it's like a kid under a year old, they normally sleep in the parents' room in their mm-hmm. crib. But so so that's why I wonder. I'm like, I wonder why the aliens don't really mess with baby. At least that I know of. 
Yeah, there, in my opinion, there are some stories when you hear about, as a research anyways, when you hear about baby stories, it typically has to do with like hybrid type stories and with babies being birthed that are hybrids. But as far as like baby abductions, I don't, you don't hear that very often, but with Mike Stevens, that actually came up. So Mike was an infant when this first thing happened. And of course his parents told him about it. He didn't, doesn't remember it, but he had, they woke up one morning and he was blue, but he was breathing fine. He was eating fine, but he was blue. And so they freaked out, but they're like, why is he so calm? Why is he not crying? Why, why is he breathing? Okay. So they bring him to the hospital and they run a few tests, but this was also early eighties. So, you know, definitely a lot different types of tests than we have now, but what the doctors came up with is something simply called blue baby syndrome. And it is a thing that happens and it can happen when I, the baby ingests too many nitrates or nitrites, something like that. I have all the terminology laid out in the book and, you know, I don't hundred uh, percent remember it, but it has to do with like nitrites and ingesting something. And he had, they're saying he had too many of it and it can turn the skin blue for a while. And then it goes away after oh, a, a while. Oh, that's a trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I did some research on the type of water in the town where Mike was living at that time in the early eighties. And there was an influx of nitrites in the town water. But at the same time, I also found research that supported hybrid babies that are blue that have been given to human parents. So, so it was really interesting to find these dual explanations for Mike being blue for a little period of time when he was an infant. And so I kind of presented those in the books as well. Science says this and, you know, paranormal research says this is a possibility. So I just put them both out there and, you know, leave it up to the reader to decide. Mike doesn't know. I don't know. But here are two things that I found, you know? Yeah. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, Tamara brought up whenever with, with her and, and her mother and grandmother went through these abductions and stuff like that. I don't remember exactly because it was a while back, but that she ended up having several children over a prolonged, prolonged period of time. And I think, I think her first baby was like when she was 12 or uh -huh. so, when I remember correctly or something, but it was a really weird pregnancy and, and was listening to a Tony Merkel podcast today where it was this woman and she actually had all the signs that she was pregnant and she even had, I guess she had the bump. She didn't say that, but she, she said she had the bump and she, and that, and she went in for her, I guess for, for a checkup with her pregnancy. And they're like, there's no baby in there, but you're showing all the signs that you are pregnant. And they even went inside of her, like a uterus and, and stuff like that. And like, they checked out, they're like, there's nothing in there. So I, I don't know what it was like for Tamara, but she said she had several kids since the age of 12 and she was able to, she she met them or something through out of I guess more so what's the word out of body trance or like astral projection yeah, yeah. maybe or um, yeah, yeah astral projection yeah she met her son or something like that and I think she said he was blue yeah she said I know, it, it, it was a while yeah. back but once again but I don't know it's it's I don't know that stuff is very interesting 
Very interesting. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, especially when a woman will go in and has all the signs of being pregnant, but she's not or she's empty now. And there are there have been some experiencers where their doctors have noticed some sort of damage to that area where the baby was removed, some sort of scraping or something that that has a residual leftover that that's been physically seen by their doctor, which is I mean, that's mind blowing to me where it was taken out with, you know, obviously a lot of precision, but didn't leave any outward marks, but there are some marks left inside. inside. Yeah. And uh, so it does show evidence of something happening. You know, it's really like I am into all of this stuff. Doesn't mean I believe it all, but I, I find it fascinating and hybrid children and, and star seeds and things like that are, that's one aspect of ufology. That's really hard for me to like get behind and fully believe everyone I talk to because some people have wild claims and then some people have when they can when they can show medical follow-ups you know where yes this person was pregnant and now they're not that's obviously very convincing but I've heard some really fantastical stories but one thing you don't hear a lot about is men who have provided their sperm to help conceive of a child as opposed to the woman being an incubator the man has provided it's not just a sample because you hear about samples all the time in in abduction scenarios but actually being utilized to impregnate an alien i guess female or whatever they're doing you know i don't know if it's an egg scenario or what it is but and mike thinks that that was a possibility with him that he was his sperm was utilized and he has kind of like what Z was saying. It was very much like a dreamlike state where he thinks he might've met or, or was privy to at least view what they look like, you know? So really interesting that boy, I don't know what to believe with that. There's this uh, documentary I watched on Netflix a couple years ago. There's a guy based out of Colorado. It was in Colorado Springs in my old city. I lived in, but, he he spotted a couple UFOs in the air and he kept watching it. And then sh- sure enough, he, he shined a laser at it, right? And then it kind of stopped moving. It stopped. And as he was driving home, it was just kind of just keeping up with them. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. So he didn't think anything of it. But then he talked about how he got abducted. And while he was in that trance state, I guess, like missing time and all that, he wants like a, he went to a hypnologist. So they were going backtracking in his memory about what happened, right? Because he totally f- forgot about it. So this chick put him in a hypnosis and then she got on recording. And then he basically, he was getting, I wouldn't say raped, but he was having sex with an alien. Mm. And then it turns out that he had a kid by this alien. And then he he met it when it was born when they abducted him. And then a couple, I think about eight years later, it was in the middle of the night. A kid knocked on the door. He opened it. He looked and he's like, buddy, where where, where are your parents at? And he goes, okay. And he just felt like this connection with this kid. It was almost like a long lost love. And the kid took off running towards this shadow. And it was a woman figure. And he was like looking around, like, "Where, where are you going? And all of a sudden, a bright light happened and then he woke up laying on his floor in front of the door and then it was morning. Wow. 
Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna find that real quick. But but what you guys were talking about remind me of that. Yeah, that's fascinating. I have some stories in my research with aliens taking sperm samples, and not that a kid was developed from it, but interesting how, like, they described the process. And in both scenarios that I can remember, there was some sort of device was placed over the penis. And, you know, for lack of a better term, it was, you know, stimulated and, you know, ejaculate came out. And both in both scenarios, the men were embarrassed and they they felt, you know, used and terrible about the incident and the alien beings were very indifferent and they're like, you're fine. Everything's fine. You know, don't like, don't worry about this. You're not even going to remember this, you know, type of uh, yeah. type of thing, but, but very, very procedural and, and, you know, obviously not sexual in nature at all. And, yeah. Oh, that I found out that guy's name I was talking about. His name is Stan Romanek. Okay, and, okay. Yeah. And yeah, it said that his film was called Extraordinary, the Stan Romanek story. Yeah. But here was the conspiracy on it, right? He started to tell about his story and he had physical evidence of like injections of certain metals. So they extracted him with surgery and they had him tested at different colleges and they're not on the not on the periodic table. Yeah. Of what I, these uh... metals are. I'm pretty familiar with the the Stan Romanek story, and uh, in yeah. my opinion, he's been put out as a known hoaxer. I, yeah. I think I think this was a guy because he had some pretty incredible footage. Yeah, and the first footage that he had was what you were talking about when he saw the UFOs while he was driving. Yeah, know? that was it. Yeah, and and it was some pretty great footage, and I think it started out as a legitimate sighting, and then I think he went a little bit overboard, too far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was reading up like his like police reports. Right. Yeah. Know, some bad news, like, bad pornography, stuff. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you know, and there's some people that are still believers of him, and they're like, yeah, they implanted that on his, on his laptop, and you know, I, I don't know if I buy that with this dude because he he, uh, I've seen the extraordinary documentary and seen a lot of interviews with him, and he seems straight up like a car salesman, you know, a used car salesman yeah. in a negative sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of reminded me of that because I, I saw that one yeah. time and I was like, huh. That's what that reminds me of. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. yeah but Fascinating though. Report, yeah. He, he pulled it off pretty good, but read through his police report. I'm like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's bad because there was a lot, a lot of stuff on there. And uh, even his wife, she wrote a follow-up book. Like he, he had, been, I don't know if he's still in prison. To be honest, he still might be in prison. I forget now, but he might have been quietly released as well. But anyway, his wife ended up writing a book too. Actually, um, yeah, he was uh, released in November 30th, 2020. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, I don't like prison. I'm like, 2020, what a year. <laughs> yeah, he's like, put, put, put me back in there. <laughs> But anyway, but yeah, the, all that hybrid talk is is really really interesting. But I don't know how much of it I I buy. But that's I'm also like a believer of victims. You know what I mean? I don't immediately dismiss a victim. Like if somebody is courageous enough to like come forward and 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 want to share their story with me, the, the least I can do is give them kindness and a non judgmental ear. And it doesn't matter my belief on the subject and 
And if they're cool with it, and I think the story's fascinating, then I'll ask them if I can share it for to other people. Yeah. And for me, that's twofold. A, I think it's really great to document this type of stuff, to have some sort of historical record of it. And B, there might be somebody else who's suffering and they're in the shadows. They don't want to come forward and they'll read this person's story and hopefully relate to it. Maybe not feel so alone. And, yeah. and, uh, I try to explain that to a lot of, ex of experiencers. If they're hesitant to come forward, you know, I'm like, here's what it could possibly do. If that strikes a chord with you, then let's do it. But if not, you know, that's okay too. I never force anybody to, you know, let me share their story. It's always up to them. But, little side tangent there oh yeah 100 man same same thing with us you know when people have crypto encounters or anything like that you know like hey we're just here as an outlet for you guys you guys want to talk about it it's cool if you want to be on the podcast it's cool yeah, but yeah. it's up to you you know yeah. no pressure you know, i've had i think there's actually a little bit more but there's two major cryptid sightings i've had in my life yeah. one was uh, a lot of years ago and it's a little bit longer, so I'll tell the shorter one first. This actually goes back to 2020 as well. Yeah. and But it was February of 2020, so it was before everything crazy went down. But I was driving home. It was just before 6 o'clock at night. And in Maine, in February, 6 o'clock at night is basically midnight. It's, you know, super dark out. So I'm driving along, and about 300 yards uh, up ahead of me on the side of the road, is some sort of five to six foot tall thing. It's lanky. It's pitch black. It's oily black. Like it's shiny. It almost looks like one of those beetles or like it was drenched in oil or something. Yeah. It was just that black and that kind of shiny when my headlights hit it. And it almost looked like it was a thing made of sticks like all these sticks intertwined for its legs and torso and arms. And it even like shot up straight from its head, almost like Groot, you know, yeah. from Marvel. It, it really reminded me of Groot, but like a shorter Groot because it was five or six feet tall. And I'm coming down the road going about 45 miles an hour and 300 yards going 45 miles an hour. I'm coming up on the thing pretty quick, but it's on the left side of the road. I'm driving on the right side of the road and there are ditches on either side of the road. And I see this thing take an exaggerated long step over the ditch and then walk into the woods. Uh. I come up to the spot where it walked into the woods pretty quickly. I'm on a back road in my town. It's dead. So I stop the car in the middle of the road and I roll down my window because the wood, the, the wood floor is covered in snow. And so I'll hear it crunching, you know, walking, if it's still walking. So I roll down my window and I don't hear anything, but like a second later, this rotting egg smell filled the car. Yeah. I've, you know, I've read about that with Bigfoot encounters, even some black eyed kid stuff, obviously some demon stuff, but I've never, I've never experienced it myself. And it was so bad. February, Maine is cold as hell. So I had to roll down all four windows for the rest of my ride home because it stunk so bad. I went back to the spot the next day as best that I could judge it where I was. I know the road pretty well, so I was pretty sure it was in the right area. I didn't see any footprints or anything like that. And I was like, geez, Louise, I have no idea what this thing was. So I did a little bit of research of that area. I've never really researched my own town before, you know? Yeah. So 
It turns out there was a UFO encounter there in 1995, like right in the same vicinity. The closest house to that area is basically where this UFO thing happened. And this family, they were kind of like chilling. It was, you know, like a, an, an early evening, you know, like 8 p.m. And they saw like the spotlight outside in their backyard. And they're like, what's that? <laughs> you know, because they don't have like an outside light or anything, you know, like a sensor one. Yeah. So they all go outside and they look up and they see a UFO about, you know, 300 feet in the air. That's what they say. And it had a spotlight or something on that was touching the ground. But as they came out and looked up, it shut off the light and took off. And that mm-hmm. was their experience basically. But I thought that was interesting. The same area, very close to where I saw that thing. And then I told my mom about the incident and she's like, you know, your dad saw something right around that same area. I'm like, shut up. No, he didn't. My dad is a huge skeptic. Okay. Yeah. And, and God bless him for supporting the crazy stuff that I am into. You know, yeah. he's very supportive. He's even edited some of my books, you know, he's a, he's a teacher by trade. And so he's very supportive and he'll be like, wow, really that happened? You know, and you know, just like 30 minutes away. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's what the person said. But anyway. So he, w- he and my mom were taking a walk down that road early one morning. Like they get up super early. So it was like four 30 in the morning, pitch black out. And they're going by this house. I don't know if it's the UFO house, but it's in that same vicinity. And this was two years before my sighting of the creature. And they have like a a little shed on their property, kind of in front and to the side of their house. And then their house is kind of set back a little bit. And this shed is probably nine, 10 feet tall. And my dad said he saw this white figure without legs or a head hovering near the shed. And then it went behind the shed and he was able to estimate its height because the top of this thing that didn't have a head was the top of the shed. And yeah. yeah. And then after that thing went away, something else caught his eye. And so he looks and it was at the house and they had this big bay window in the front of their house. And he could see this shadow figure kind of darting around the house And he knew it wasn't like a person walking around it. It wasn't normal movement. It's very odd. Yeah. And, and it was again in that same area. So I, you know, I don't know if that little area is cursed, if it's a tiny little triangle there or portals there or something. I don't know. It's really interesting spot, but that was the, that was the first creature, the second creature I saw the first one. I was living in Portland, Maine, which is like down towards the tip, the, the bottom part of me, just, you know, like the opposite of Fort Kent. And, you know, the, one of the more populated areas of Maine. And uh, this was in the, like the mid aughts, geez, maybe like 2002 or something actually. But anyways, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm just to get up to use the bathroom and you would walk out of my room into the living room and then into the kitchen. And it was a step down into the kitchen. And then there's two windows that are right off that that are in the kitchen. And when you're in the living room, you can actually look into the kitchen and look out the window. So I'm half asleep. It's like two or three o'clock in the morning and I'm walking out of my room. I walk into the living room, into the living room, and I'm just about to take a step down into the kitchen. I have my foot up to take a step down and just instinctually, you just kind of look out the window. That's just where your eye lays. And I saw a crouched humanoid 
sitting on the edge of the awning, you know, the yeah. little roof awning, because we were on the second floor. Sorry, we're in a, an apartment building. I was on the second floor and there was a roof awning. There's a porch right below the roof awning. And then there's the ground. And there was this humanoid figure crouched right on the edge yeah. of that roof awning back to me, you know, so they're facing away from me. Yeah. And I froze. I was frozen with fear. I was like, who is on my roof? This is ridiculous. And it was just a black silhouette. That's all I could see. But I could see that there was no hair. Everything looked smooth, you know? And I was, you know, sleepy and couldn't really hold my weight. And my foot that was up lands down into the kitchen. Like I took a step involuntarily down. And when I did this, its head tilted up. Like Like it heard you. Yeah. Like it heard me. So it stood up super fast, stood up super fast. And then wings flapped out from its side and it smacked like a catcher catching a a fastball pitch. It was like, and these wings were just out like that. And again, all black. It didn't look like it was feathers. It was almost bat wing ish. Uh And it just did this almost like a fall. Boom. And then. And then glided just, up. Yeah, glided up out of the area and went out of sight. And I was like, am I dreaming? <laughs> like it freaked me out so bad. I went back to bed. I didn't even go to the bathroom. I was scared out of my mind. If you're looking for one of a kind art that is sure to make you stand out from the crowd, then look no further than Drew's tags. Drewski has created a world of custom art that will take you on a wild ride through sports, space, travel, military, cryptids, and beyond. Whether you're a fan of Bigfoot, a reptilian, conspiracy theorist, or just someone who appreciates a good pun, Drewski has something for everyone. So why settle for a boring old print when you can have a custom creation that is as unique as you are? Reach out to Drewski today and get started on your one-of-a-kind masterpiece. Check out his Instagram link in the show notes. Step into the unknown with our exclusive collection of cryptid warfare apparel. From epic tees, stellar hoodies, drinkware, hats, and more. Picture this. You're decked out in our hoodie, hat, and taking notes in our exclusive field journal. Ready to expose the truths hidden in plain sight. So whether you're battling unseen forces, chasing mythical creatures, or connecting the dots in the grand conspiracy, We've got the gear to amplify your style. Gear up, gear in, and get ready to embark on the journey of a lifetime. Because the truth is out there, and you need the right tools to equip yourself with. So I finally get back to sleep. I wake up a lot later than usual because I I just couldn't get back to sleep with this thing. But as soon as I get up, I went outside to see if there was any sort of weird footprints like in the dirt around the porch. or I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything at all, but it was so friggin' weird. And it was one of the few times I was like super scared of an encounter. You know, I I don't know what the hell it was. How tall was that creature? You think (laughs) I get that seemed human size, like, you know, five or six feet tall, you know, any reflective Um, eyes or I never, I only saw the back of the back of it. It was a facing away from me the whole time when it went like this. Like it heard me, there was a little bump or protuberance of some sort that 
kind of indicated to me it was an ear, but it's not like it looked like this weird gargoyle or elf ear or anything. You know what I mean? It, yeah. was, it just seemed normal, you know, but when it stood, it's like, in my opinion, it stood inhumanly fast. It was like, phew, it was crouching then up. Yeah. And, and then that wing smack, it just came out and it was just, it just felt like such precision. Just, phew, and yeah. it's, it sounded like, you know, a, yeah. just a smack. It was crazy. Did you happen to look at, let's see, I guess like the back, the feet, hands, claws, anything like that? Didn't see anything like that. I just saw the legs, arms, head, and wings, you know, and, you know, the shoulders and stuff. Like, but I couldn't even tell it had wings when it was crouched down. Yeah, it was like so sucked in. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was weird. And to me, my memory of it is that almost like what a shadow person looks like, but in 3d, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just all smooth and like a shadow with wings. It was so freaking weird. And that's when I started getting into Mothman. Cause I immediately started searching like winged humanoid creatures. And I was like, Oh, there's this thing that people see. Holy crap. This is crazy. And so that got me into the whole Mothman lore and, you know, researching that stuff. Where was this at again? In, Portland, uh, Maine. Portland, Maine. Okay. Well, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to try to do some digging. Going back to your first one, I was actually digging through some notes and stuff I got on certain cryptids. What you were talking about is they actually call it like the black stick, man. It is a enigmatic entity that is one more of like a fairly recent of cryptid sightings, a fairly recent cryptid sightings. However, they are linked to ancient beings depicted on some cave drawings. They actually got some cave drawings of this creature. Oh, wow. And what some groups believe the signs of ancient aliens or extraterrestrial dimensional travelers. That's basically what they're known for. They just travel in and out of dimensions. Yeah, that's interesting. And no doubt this thing looked weird and like it didn't belong. Yeah, and that's you know, know, I, basically what you described is what they're describing too. Almost uh-huh. like an oily, twisted like limbs. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Wow. The, uh, the, the winged creature, since that really got me into Mothman and all that stuff, I ended up finding a gentleman, boy, it was probably a decade later, but that's how long I was doing research on all that stuff Yeah, or, you know, had been. And I found a guy uh, in a town that's like 45 minutes away from me that had some sort of winged cryptid creature sighting himself. And it was a lot different than mine. And also different from Mothman as well, but it was a weird flying cryptid creature. So that was really great to get his whole story and interview him. So that's in the book as well. Yeah. Yeah. Two, uh, I've written down several questions and at this point they might be a little out of order. It's okay. Fire away. I'll back up. Well, well, let me ask this one first, but in any of these places, and I'm going to actually add both of these together, even though they can be two separate questions. But in both these places, have there been any underground bases that you've researched that you might know of? And also, has there been any occult activity in, in these areas? Uh, underground bases, like definitely not. There was, I don't think there's any of that stuff in Maine. There are some like underground tunnels and and some things like that, but nothing like military related in Maine, at least that I that I know of. And what was the other part of that question? I'm sorry. Oh, the occult stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been uh, like occult stuff really like anywhere else, like, you know, all over, all over the state, different areas, you know, to varying degrees, you know, as well. But have I heard of them conjuring anything? No, it's, it's usually a group of people getting together type of thing. Uh, Okay. Yeah. 
And oh yeah, here's another question. This will be a little bit. Back. I think you briefly mentioned maybe a chimera, an alien. So like, have you come across any sort of like alien chimera type type of hybrid? Because because I, I know the government like makes hybrids. Boy, that's a good question. You know, I'm not sure, and I could have. I have a lot of different descriptions of species, if you will. And it, you know, I, I, I don't know if I, um, subscribe to like what's known, the known species of aliens. Cause no one truly knows that, you know what I mean? Yeah. In my opinion, but, but uh, I have people that I've interviewed have described all sorts of different types of aliens to me. So a common one is like a gray alien, but what's more common is how uncommon all of them typically are that I get. I actually don't get a lot of people having the same types of encounters with the same types of beings. Like for example, in two towns that are very close to each other, one person experienced hooded entities with no face and they were, they were pretty tall and they seemed to glide. And then, you know, just a half hour away, this elderly woman, she was actually 92 when she had like her first encounter. And she said that there were these really, really tall beings, like maybe nine or 10 feet, but they, she perceived them as like doctors. And they were very tall and lanky and didn't wear robes, but had some sort of classy sort of jacket or something on that to her said that they were like doctors of some sorts. And they like picked her up and she recalled just being floated across her living room and then through the door without it being opened. Uh-huh. And, the, and and then she was brought to what she described as basically party bus. There were all these other people there. And everybody was like pretty excited because they knew like a cool trip was coming up. And so she was kind of like getting excited too, looking around. This is a 92 year old woman. And she doesn't remember the trip. All she remembers is being brought back into the bed and placed back down. Like, you're okay. You're fine. You know, interesting story. Yeah. And she ended up living for like another 11 years. She died at like 103 or something. Oh man. And, And yeah. And shared that story. But anyways, that's just you know, two towns that are fairly close together, but two really different descriptions of types of aliens, which doesn't really answer your question, but it it kind of just shows the gamut of species, if you will, or what people are experiencing can be different from person to person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And in in the realm of what we cover, like there isn't really a a right or wrong answer, but Mm. most of the time it's like, it's, it's so broad. Sure. On a descriptive, Yeah. And it can be ultimately frustrating, but like insanely fascinating, you know, at the same time, like, am I going to find an answer? No, but God, tell me more, you know, like I need to know more. Oh yeah, man. And that's the thing too, is that we just, as researchers and stuff, we just collect everything we have and just try to put the puzzle pieces together as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's all we can do. We even have some dogman sightings that happened here and really fascinating where they were like in a pack mm-hmm. and they kind of, they kind of terrorized a family for an evening. And uh, at one point this family was upstairs. They had locked all the doors and everything and they kept hearing like bangs and stuff. And it was either these creatures didn't know how, like how doors or windows work, like that they could smash through them because they, 
they kind of made sure to bang on walls and not windows, you know? And they obviously didn't know how to turn doorknobs or how to like bust in through a door. They were just kind of like banging and scratching and stuff. Like it was either to scare them or they didn't know how that stuff worked and they just couldn't figure out how to get inside. But at one point they were upstairs and they were looking out the window and the pack had kind of gathered where they knew the family was upstairs and they were down in the yard and they were all looking up at them and they saw one that looked like they couldn't tell if it was like having, if it was two of them, like having sex with each other (laughs) or, or why they looked like they were really close together. But they finally figured out that it was probably a juvenile was holding on to its mother and looking out because it appeared quite a bit smaller than the other. And that was their take on it, which is really interesting. And uh, they ended up like calling the police. The police like, call the game wardens, you know, like what? So they, they do. And the game wardens weren't as dismissive, almost like we know what you're talking about. We're not coming over. (laughs) they're like, lock your door. If you have a gun, good. And what sucked about this situation is that they kind of just moved into this place and the wife wasn't the biggest fan of having guns in the house. So he kept them in the shed that was like next to the house, but they were outside and he couldn't get to them. That was like, yeah. (laughs) So that kind of sucked for him or for them. But anyway, come morning, they were gone and they went outside to look around and there were footprints everywhere. And there were scratches where no human thing could reach, you know, cause they, they thought most of these creatures were about seven foot tall. I think there was about five of them. I think that juvenile would make a six one, but yeah, fast, fascinating story. Oh yeah, for sure, man. That was really, really crazy about dog man's one of our good friends, Valente. He basically, he has a team that goes hunts these things and he's told us a little bit about, you know, certain operations he's been on, but he works for the government. But anyways, they call him like a critter hitter is what it is. So, okay, yeah. But yeah, just like the certain things he's told us about how to kill them, certain things to do with them. When it comes to houses, he said, if they want to get in, they will get in. But the thing about dogmen is that they're very vengeful. So the smartest thing that that family did was that they didn't shoot at him. They didn't attack him. They just held out and just waited till the morning. So they were just yeah. dogmen or just tinkering around with the house but if they really wanted to get in and kill these people yeah. they could have done it man yeah and that's, uh, that's what's scary about it yeah that's wild wow mm. really interesting on another note since your bread and butters ufos and stuff have you dealt with anybody from mufon oh yeah for sure yeah yeah there's we had a state director for quite a while. Her name was or is Valerie Schultz, and she actually wrote the foreword to one of my books. I was never a part of MUFON myself. I I have some issues with their leadership. Yeah, you know, above the field direct the field investigators and above the dir- state directors. You know, their yeah. their okay. national leadership. Yeah, politics and crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not my favorite thing. So I don't like to associate with MUFON, but I will work with their field investigators and their directors. So the director and I had a really great relationship and she shared a lot of stories with me that she allowed me to put in my book with MUFON permission, which was great. And I went to as many MUFON meetings that she 
see how this possible. And I would help out and do some presentations sometimes and share some stories I uncovered and, and all that cool stuff. So that was fun to like work with her. There's another gentleman in the area. His name's Fred Richards, and he works for a different part of MUFON. He was a field investigator for a while. He then became the director for a while, but now he's moved into one of their investigative teams. I forget the actual like acronym for it. I don't know if it's star or NRT or something. Oh yeah, it's star. Star, yeah. So yeah. it's it's you know it's more specialized, and that's what he does. And he's a an amazing dude, super nice guy, all that good stuff. But yeah, I've had really good experience with local MUFON folks. Yeah. Z, you up? Speaking of MUFON and stuff like that, I'm going to ask this one question because it's going to lead into a an experience that I just realized. I think might have been after the podcast episode you interviewed us on. I think it was like that the night after or the night of oh wow but but have you heard about anybody saying in the name of jesus whenever uh, they see these entities there have been some folks that are religious who have had these experiences and were having issues wrapping their minds around it and maybe thought it was more demonic than extraterrestrial and in my opinion, it really all depends on the lens that you're looking through, you know, with all of this stuff, you know, my bread and butter is UFOs. You guys are cryptids. I know a ton of paranormal investigators that do, you know, hauntings and things like that. And we all tend to look through these experiences with our, with that lens that we specialize in. And what I try to do as much as possible, I'm certainly guilty of being biased, but I try to be more generalized and try to see things for what they are. And I have no problem telling somebody like, okay, I get that you feel like it's a demon in my head. I'm like, I'm not going to go against what your belief system is, but in my experience, here's what I think it is. And you can take that and you can run with it or you don't have to, you know? So, and I haven't had much negativity with that because I'm allowed to believe what I believe and they're allowed to believe what, you know, they want to believe. So it's all good. You know, I'm just there to, to help and be, non-judgmental, you know? Yeah. But somebody taking Jesus's name in an exclamation about a sighting, I don't know. I yeah. don't know the I don't know if that's happened. Yeah, I th- I think I need a little reason why Isaac was talking about that cuz I did a lot of a lot of research. I was uh, I kind of went to like his alien kick for a while. Mhm. I was a I was kind of burnt out of cryptid, so I was kind of <laughs> move on to something else. Sure. Uh yeah, but I started on this alien stuff and going down that rabbit hole and you ever heard of the ce4 project yeah okay yeah i guess uh, i forgot his name but this guy worked for mufon for a while and then he did a lot of uh, investigations and stuff and um yeah so he was just talking about that certain thing too so when it comes to jesus and all that and, uh, yeah. i just i I, just, I thought it was pretty interesting but also too where you can kind of like i guess you can kind of like parallel that on the side of that too when it comes to cryptids People have used like the name of Jesus, like it's say if there was a Bigfoot and there's this story I read out of California, this older lady, she was going on a hike and there was this rogue Bigfoot that came to try to bluff charger. And she said, in the name of Jesus, get away from me now. And the Bigfoot just stops, straightens up, turns around and walks away, <laughs> Wow, you know, so, but Anyways, yeah, I just, I find those things interesting. So when it comes to paranormal, UFOlogy, cryptids and stuff. That is interesting. Yeah, I haven't, I don't think I have a story when someone has shared, you know, like using that 
as as, as protection or something. I, I yeah. haven't heard of that. I, I it's got to be out there, but yeah, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, interesting. Huh. Yeah, it's so wild. Like the more you dig into this stuff, like you're like, wow, I I barely skim the surface <laughs> because the whole ocean and speaking of ocean wow what a segue have you heard of the, uh, underwater aliens or and also civilizations and like, underwater basins yeah, yeah, yeah dude, sure. i have seen that no this this to me since i used to do video editing crap like that and and crap yeah stuff yeah it's like <laughs> thanks man yeah like i I, I I just pay attention to all sorts of, of details in the image, making sure the lighting's good and I'll adjust like, like just the hue and the saturation and stuff like that, just to make sure that all lines up. And I'm like, wow, you know, that, that looks like legit footage of an alien, like, like, well, not alien. I don't know if it's alien, but spacecraft going in and out of the water yeah, and at like sure. freaking crazy speed. Yeah. And I, yeah. There's been some interesting footage that Jeremy Corbell has, you know, released with uh, alien supposed ufos coming in and out of water but yeah i've i've certainly have heard of civilizations i've heard of uh, underwater sightings there've been some in 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 my state S- uh, some people were traveling home and they were going over a bridge and they saw this ufo they didn't see it come out of the water but it was below the bridge and went you know was accelerating and ascending above the bridge and they saw water dripping from it and there was kelp hanging off of it. And they're like, oh, that must have been underwater. Like, that's wild, you know? And they, and then it, you know, took off and kept going. There was another story of a gentleman who his parents lived uh, right on like the, the water in a, in a marina type area. And he was outside having breakfast on a balcony. And this was like a summer day and he's just kind of like chilling and eating his breakfast. And this was the days before like cell phones and stuff. So he's just kind of like looking out on the water and stuff and looking down and eating his food. And while he's looking down and eating, he hears like this big splash. He's like, what the hell is that? So he kind of like looks over at the, the water and he's expecting to see, you know, something, but he instead sees like this column of water going up. And he's like, what? And so he follows the column of water going up and there's this silver ball in the sky and water's pouring off of it. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, this thing came out of the water and all this water is rushing off of it. And he watched that for a second and then phew, it took off. But, you know, those are just some examples like locally here, but even in like Lake Bacall, you know, in Russia and, and, and there's uh, these Russian divers were, I think on a training exercise, this is back in the seventies. Yeah. And they said they came across these like 10 foot tall aliens that were kind of like had scuba gear on and just, they were like, what the hell are these things? You know, and they encountered them and they went really (laughs) deep and. That's scuba Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Going on that. What do you think about the Miami deal at the mall? Well, not a whole lot. I've seen a lot of footage and I've seen a lot of blurry footage and what I've seen is a top view down. And to me, it looks like a group of individuals are being mistaken as one thing, 
you know, because there's nothing clear in any of the footage that I've seen. If you've seen something different, you know, dang, like shoot it my way. But yeah, I don't hold a lot of weight for the, the Miami stuff. I think it got blown out of proportion, but that's just been on what I've observed. And that's the conclusion I came. But if you got something different, like hit me up, let me know. Have you seen the, because after that, they, there was a lot of people going on TikTok that were there stating like basically like the same thing, how they saw these 10 foot humanoids yeah, in yeah. there. But it's kind of funny that the police didn't release that until like six days later. It's weird. The, the police released that, the, the footage of the people saying that? No, 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 no. The people who were on, who were there released it like the next day or a, sure. like an hour later or whatever but no one really didn't think of anything and then it all added up together when like the news and the police reports came out like five days later five to six days later and then all that started popping up gotcha 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 i guess i don't know like we all have our phones on us all the time I don't know. Seeing 10 foot tall aliens, like in a crowded area in Miami, I really feel like somebody would have caught it on their, their cell phone somewhere. And if that footage exists and I don't, and I'm ignorant to it, you know, my bad, but it really feels like somebody would have caught it and you know, something semi clear. Yeah. The, the, the part that was, that was tripping me out was that where's the CCT footage. And not only that, at the same time being prior law enforcement, they sent, everybody there you know like over like 65 officers 65 cruisers and they shut down the airport i was pretty close to it like no flyover traffic no nothing except for okay. the military that's it all right that's weird that was a trip yeah yeah There's that's a lot of weird. things that, i had not the the amount of police that's overkill for what they said it was and shutting down of the airport and no flyover is also super weird so yeah, I I can get that. Also, are you guys familiar with Lon Strickler at all? Lon Strickler's the, down Oh right. yeah, yeah. He uh, he did uh, an astral projection, no remote viewing yeah. session. Yeah. yeah, he did a remote viewing session. I think with two other people for the the Miami thing, and they they came up with some interesting stuff. I don't know where my beliefs lie with remote viewing. I haven't like looked into it a whole lot. Yeah, but. But it was really interesting, like what they, what they came up with. And I, I didn't know what to think of that, but the actual, what did they facts, say? There was some alien stuff. Boy, I read it a little while ago now. I don't remember it all, but I can send you the link yeah. so we can like, I can refresh myself and then, but they were like believers of the situation after they did the remote viewing, you know, they were, they were skeptical and then they did the remote viewing and became believers of what went down there. But to know what you're saying with the overkill of police presence and the no flyover airport shutdown. That's really interesting. So I like to look more into that. Yeah, I would too. Oh, what's funny is remote viewing. I call it astro projection. It's all the same thing, but like okay. the military does it. Yeah. And, uh, and like the government three letter agencies do it too, to get like a recon on a certain op they're going to do. But one of the cryptid hunts we went on, one of the ladies that came to meet us there, she does remote viewing and the things that she called out, like I say about 80% of it, we actually ran into or there. And it was kind of like, what? That's a huge number. Yeah. That's really cool. And you know, for Lon and those guys, they've been doing it for 
like decades, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not new to it. So they know what they're doing, you know? So definitely gave me pause. I was like, huh, that's interesting, <laughs> you know, but to hear like, cause I knew about the police presence. I didn't know the exact number of like 65. That's a lot. Was a um, lot. But to know that the airport was shut down and uh, only military could fly over, that's, that really gives me pause. So yeah, I think I'll have to check that out a little bit now. Yeah, definitely for sure. And then, and not only that, what was the trip to when it comes like active shooters and stuff like that, like not like the majority of police can get there, but some of them could be tied up. Yeah. But they strictly said that everybody from that precinct went there. And uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I was like, hmm. yeah, like literally some were like had people in custody or like had someone pulled over like, all right, get, I get the go hell out of here. I got to go. Yeah, I gotta go. Yo, there's 10 foot aliens. I got to run, son. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's wild, dude. Wow. Crazy stuff, man. There was that whole Las Vegas thing that I think happened. I don't know if it was 23. I think it was 22. Maybe it was 23. Yes. I but the that. whole, yeah, yeah, that was really interesting. And again, you know, like after not having like any footage, but then seeing some stuff that kind of didn't add up, but then, you know, and then the kid actually came out and I think he said he made it up. I think eventually, like he was pranking his mom and his mom's yeah. the one that kind of took it too far. Like it freaked her out. She was just like a scaredy cat. I was like, Oh, I see him, you know? And, you know, and he just kind of, kind of went with it. I think that's the last I heard of that, that stuff, but, but it was interesting. Like with the meteor that kind of flew over when that was happening. Yeah. I think that time. was it. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like, oh, let's use that as a starting point to prank mom, you know, and then that it actually got caught on, I think, a ring camera and then like a police cam, you know, happened mm-hmm. to catch it as well. You know, like it, it was making it too real for a lot of people. And I, it was really interesting. Yeah. Like, Dang, I didn't know that. I, I stopped looking into that. Now my heartbreak is broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard a, a really interesting podcast about it that really deep dove and ended up actually interviewing the kid and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, this is. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, I was just messing with my mom and it blew out of proportion. And now people won't leave us alone. So I want to borrow that suit. <laughs> all right. People around here are freaking crazy. I don't know how long. Like, I'll probably get shot within like 10 minutes of walking out of my house. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, I'm now I'm gonna mow my yard in. <laughs> what do you think about Project Bluebeam? Dude, I was literally gonna ask him that question. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I think I don't know what to think of it. I, I get so like disclosure and finding out like what the government is really doing and what we what they really know about this stuff. Like that was a thing in my past research for me. Now it's all about like collecting stories and being there for the experiencer. So I kind of step away from all that other than trying to keep my finger on the pulse of it. Cause I do get asked by like local media when something breaks, you know, they know I'm like the state's like UFO guy. So they're like, what the hell has he got to say about it? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I like to stay aware of things, you know, but I typically have like a mundane opinion. Cause I'm like, you know, I just, this is, there's actually a really cool story besides like what this is, <laughs> what you're talking about. You know, like I want to share a really cool story as yeah. opposed to, you know, having some dumb quip so they could use 10 seconds of my audio. You know what I mean? But so I like to, I do have like an arm's reach to all the government stuff, even though I like to keep myself abreast of all the situation. So I guess I don't have the biggest opinion on it, but I really feel like you guys are going to tell me something insane and now I'm going to have to 
spend the rest of my night researching stuff. No, that was it, man. I just wanted to see if he knew. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, man. That was okay. it. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Zuck and I dove into that big old black rabbit hole like yeah, uh, yeah. a couple episodes back. One of our buddies oh, nice. broke it all down. So, but other than that, yeah, I just wanted to see, you know, if you had anything on it, though, since you're a big UFO guy. So, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing extra or special. You know, I, I spend my days knee deep in like newspapers.com and trying to set up interviews with people around the state so I can hear their story, you know, and, and hopefully share it or share it on my podcast or share it in one of my books or something. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, I've turned into a storyteller and, you know, I go to libraries and share, you know, share these types of stories. Do you guys, are you guys aware of Kevin's story with the, the mushroom people? Yeah. Yeah. yeah matter of fact, we had him on our podcast and he talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. I included that story in my new book. It's so fascinating. And the stuff with the dog man yeah. as well. I included in the book because it's just such a great, two great Dude, stories. If I seen mushroom people, I don't think I'd ever put mushrooms on my pizza again. <laughs> I really? like I can't do it, man. Yeah. Can't do it. I don't and know. I need to eat those mushroom people. I don't know. I know. <laughs> Give me some butter and garlic. Thing. I, I don't, um, the whole glasses thing. You remember that part of it where the thing like smacked him in the head. like, you don't need those. And like, he never needed glasses again. Like that's so freaking weird. That's a trip. Huh? That's pretty yeah. cool though. I like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 And you know, I, I love collecting those types of little stories, you know, yeah. to, to be able to, to share with people. I have a great story from 1965 and sure. it, it involved an entire class at a school. Okay. So this was in Waterville, Maine, which is kind of like in the middle eastern part of the state. And uh, this boy, they're in the middle of the class. The teacher is like kind of giving a lesson and this boy is working on stuff and he starts to hear this beeping sound. And he's like, what the hell is that? He couldn't help but focus on it. It was really yeah. like annoying him. He was, it was making him very curious. And he could tell it's coming from outside. So he just like abandons his schoolwork and walks to the window to look outside. And he sees this black dot in the sky and he like has an audible gasp of like what he's seen. So the whole class kind of looks over and the teacher finally notices him at the window. Like his name was Paul. And he's like, what are you doing, Paul? Like get back to your seat. He's like, no, there's something in the sky outside. So all the kids get up and they go to the window and they're watching this thing. And they can tell that the beeping is coming from this thing. Well, as it gets closer, it's not a black dot anymore and it's getting bigger. And it turns out that it's like a silver oval shaped hmm, thing. Okay. And it's getting lower and lower and it eventually goes right by the classroom windows and continues to descend and appears to land behind a house that's near the school. The teacher. Yeah. And the teacher was there and the teacher saw it. And so the kids are like kind of going crazy and everything. And the teacher is kind of freaking out and she goes and gets the principal and the principal's like, what? Okay. We got to sequester these kids. So he splits them up as much as he can. And he talks to each one individually to see what they saw. And they all describe something very similar. He then had those kids draw on a chalkboard, what this thing looked like. And they all drew something very similar. It was this oval shape. They said it was silver. There was this antenna looking thing sticking out of the front of it. They said the bottom of it in the center 
was kind of blurry and black, which is really an odd way to describe something on something solid as blurry, you know, Mm -hmm. because it was going pretty slow past the window. So he's like, this is wild. So he calls the newspaper, excuse me. He calls the local newspaper and he asks if anybody had reported a UFO in the area today. And they're like, that's strange. Yes. And just in the next town over, there was a railroad worker and he was outside working on the tracks and he heard this beeping sound and he looked up and he saw this little black dot fly over. He's like, well, what the hell was that? I don't know. So he goes back to work about two minutes later, he hears a beeping sound again and he sees another black dot fly over, but it's bigger than the first one. Another two minutes goes by. So this is happening at intervals of two minutes. And each time he sees it, it's getting bigger and bigger, meaning it's, he thinks it's lower and lower. Yeah. And so the final time this thing flies over, he described it as like the bottom of a teacup, you know, which is kind of oval and was seeing it from a different perspective than the kids did. The kids saw it side on and he was seeing underneath it, but that's what he reported. So the uh, newspaper like wrote up the story, even took, they came down to school and took pictures of the kids standing next to their, the chalkboard and their drawing, you know, in that same newspaper, an article right next to the UFO article was about people in town seeing a meteor. Mm. So there was all this really quick fanfare about the UFO sighting. Then they read the meteor article and like, that's what the kids saw. That's what the railroad worker saw. Yeah. It was, it was nothing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it kind of got buried. This happened in 1965. I didn't find that story until 2023, you know, in an old newspaper article. And it's wild, man. Yeah. Wild. You know, what's uh, and then, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Uh, what grade were those kids in? I believe they were seventh graders. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they were seventh graders. Okay. Well, yeah. that's, that's old enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Sixth or seventh grade, something like that. But yeah, it was, it was wild. And I really appreciate that the principal kind of like took it seriously and wanted to like, he was trying to separate the kids so they wouldn't talk to each other and like influence each other. So he did mm-hmm. his best to do that. Cause it was kind of a small class. It was like, you know, 10, 12 kids, something like that. So yeah. it wasn't the hardest thing to do, but really interesting. And, uh, and it sucks that it got dismissed and then kind of buried, but I'm so glad I was able to find it and kind of dig it up and, and yeah, share that sure, story man. in the new book, you know? Yeah. Really cool stuff. Out of all the stories you gather, because I know you read through thousands, man, and and all that. (laughs) What is the most scariest one you've ever researched on? Scariest. Okay. Let me think about this. Are you going to do some editing to this? Because I might have to think a little bit. (laughs) There are some scary ones. Oh, man. Okay. Yep. All right. So this actually wasn't that long ago. I, I want to say 2017, you know, I got, I have a proof copy of the book right here. I just kind of like to get the date, right? Man, I don't know if I'm going to find it. Eh, it's going to take me too long to find it. But anyways, it was, it wasn't that long ago within like the last like five, six, seven years. Yeah. And this woman was on the phone with somebody and she's in her kitchen and her dog is there. It's kind of like summer evening. And so the door's open, but there's a screen door that's closed and the dog is 
sitting there at the door, staring out the screen. And it's kind of like growling a little bit and stuff. And she's like half paying attention. And she's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Stop it. You know, and the dog would like kind of like whine and look at her and stuff. And, and, but then it would go back to what it was doing. And then it started like barking and it was getting more and more animated. And she's like, what the, like, listen, I gotta let you go. So she gets off the phone and she's like, what are you doing? What are you? And she sees that it's now like, look, she can tell it's looking at something outside. So she, you know, stands up and she's looking out the the door and she sees this lack of a better term, an alien and it's crouched down back facing away, but its head is turned and looking right at the dog. And they're kind of like having the stare down and it freaks her out. Mm -hmm. She's like, Oh my God. And her instinct was kind of like to, put her hand on the door, but by doing so she popped open the screen door and the dog went running after whatever this thing is. So she's like, stop, you know, come back, come back. And this dog takes off running. So this alien thing stands up and it starts to run and she's watch. she's outside. She's watching the dog chase this alien. She's watching the alien now and this alien. And she said it was probably like seven, eight feet tall. Dang. We're talking about a lot of tall aliens tonight, <laughs> but this thing's like seven, eight feet tall and it's running away from this dog. It's not making any noise or anything, but just doing like this running type of thing. And it starts to disappear from its head down. Oh, it almost starts to kind of cloak out kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she was thinking. And that freaked her out even more that she just started screaming. And the dog that like freaked the dog out or something because the dog stopped running but continued to bark. And this thing just, you know, down to the legs and then feet and it was gone. Materialized. Yeah, yeah. And it just freaked her out. So she went and her boyfriend was home, but he had no idea any of this was going on. So she ran and got him and they went outside to look to see if there was any like trace of why this thing was there or not why, but if there was, you know, any footprints or anything and they, they couldn't find anything, but that really like reading the story, it like freaked me out. Like there's a lot of things that I'm very desensitized to, which I'm sure you guys are too, just being in it all the time, you know, but reading that really freaked me out. It was evening and you're kind of looking outside. And then when you see that thing, it finally like appears to you. Like for me, I'm like really afraid of insects. It's irrational. You know what I mean? But like when there's like a bug or something on me and I finally realize it, you know, you see it out of the corner of your, yeah. And I'm like, ah, um, I was having that experience reading it. I could see her have that moment of recognition and then fear washed over her, you know? Yeah. And it was really freaky. And I was saying before, like we're very desensitized, but like something like that, like aliens. And I feel like maybe black eyed kids are kind of like the last frontier of the paranormal of things that still freak me out of things that still like scare me. Yeah. You know, so I love researching alien stories and I love sharing black eyed kids stories on my podcast. Cause they're almost always wicked freaky. You know? Yeah. Dude, what about like, uh, have you heard any white eye kid stories? I have, I have heard of of white eye. I think I shared it on my last podcast and it was essentially very similar to a black eyed kid encounter. Although this person was in a car and I think they were like in a parking garage and the, this kid, I think approached them and was kind of doing the same thing. Like, Hey, like, can you give me a ride type of stuff? And when they looked at him, he had white eyes as opposed to black eyes, you know? I feel like from from what I read and in some stories I've heard, they they they're kind of the, the leaders. I think they're a different. I think they're a different. There's one other color. Maybe it's red eyes. 
but oh. that which I could be wrong on that. I, I, but I'm sure. pretty sure there are three different types of uh, eye eye colored kids. But it's the white ones. They're kind of like the ringleaders, and I've heard of them. Like some, they don't even need permission, depending on oh, whose wow. house or car they're trying to get into. Interesting. And, this one was definitely seeking permission in the story that I read. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think I've yet to find a black eyed kid story in Maine. No, I did find one. I did find one, but it was, um, it was fairly like innocuous. There was a weird knock at the door, not a weird knock, but it was like late at night. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, I don't nowhere. care. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care who you are. You live in a rural area and that's, there's a knock at your door at 10, 11. It's, you know, <laughs> <Game on. laughs> you, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're super cautious. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, uh so it was a very similar thing where they were asking who it was and they heard a kid's voice, you know, and they're like, Oh my God. Like, so they opened the door, but then the fear took over them and they ended up shutting the door on the kid because they were too freaked out. And um, so there wasn't too much to the story. It's just kind of like your standard black eyed kid story. But I always like it when I can find an example of one of these things, like from my home state, you know, so I can share it with, with other people. So they, they know it's also happening here. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I always think that's fun, but I think one of the, eeriest black eyed kid stories I heard was this cop had responded to a domestic violence call and he kind of resolved whatever that situation was. And he went back to his vehicle and I don't know if he was typing something up or if he was radioing, you know, back to base or whatever. But while he was there, he saw these two kids on the porch next door to where he just was. And they were like, you know, seven, eight years old and they were knocking on the door. And he's like, what the, this is one o'clock in the morning. What the hell are these kids doing out? Yeah. So he takes it upon himself to go up there and start talking to the kids. And he's trying to talk to them and they just keep knocking on the door, not even bothering. Giving them, the, paying them no mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's really trying to get their attention. So finally, the this elderly woman opens the door and she sees this cop standing there. And he's like, ma'am, do you know these kids? Yeah, they're gone. And she's like, what? (laughs) Is something wrong? Is everything okay? And the cop was just like, what? Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm so sorry to to have bothered you, you know? That was uh, interesting because, well, I mean, so many people, they have the idea about these stories only being in certain areas. I'm like, no, you'd be, (laughs) you'd be surprised. Yeah. And this is where in the realm of where it gets like a little, a little bit deeper and creepier is that like, like dogmen, for example, I mean, I've heard of so many stories of dogmen encounters up North, but because of just the population growth and, and the lack of forest where they're able to roam around in, like they're actually migrating down here to the southern States. Cause there's even been some seen here around uh, Tennessee and it's just, you know, we have a lot of Bigfoot around here and, and other type of things, but it's crazy that there aren't a whole lot of BEKs seen in, in the deep woods. You would think there would be more stories, but apparently they, they love going to neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems to be like one of the few urban stories, besides like UFO encounters, because that happens everywhere. But uh-huh. but yeah, yeah. Black Eyed Kids seem to be kind of urban or like at least in a 
populated town. You know what I mean? It's, it's rare when it's like, oh, these kids showed up and, you know, I live on the outskirts of town, you know, 10 miles away from everybody. I don't have a neighbor and that does happen. I mean, there are those stories, but it typically like, it's really interesting when it happens like at apartment complexes, you know, like in the yeah. hallway. So they got in the building. Now they're knocking on doors, you know, uh-huh. in apartment complexes, which is terrifying in and of itself, you know? <laughs> what do you think that they do with like uh, the ones who do let these things in and they do, whether that's in their car or their house, like yeah. they that time lost. Yeah. There, yeah, there, there are some stories of people who have let them in. And in the couple of stories that I do remember where that's occurred, nothing, not a whole lot happened when the kids were in the house. There's actually one really crazy story and I'm pretty sure it was probably made up, but I had to share it. I'll tell you that in a sec, but yeah. this other story, this couple let them in. They actually like went to like, get them the phone and everything. And the wife was preparing some like hot chocolate or something for the kids. And they were just kind of standing there and they were kind of waiting. And then they both asked to go to the bathroom, something like that. So where they left the room and they're like, yeah, yeah, of course go to the room. And the guy came back with a phone and he's like, where are the kids? And like, oh, they're in the bathroom. And he goes and checks and there's nobody in the bathroom. The kids aren't in the house anywhere. But over the course of the next several weeks, the husband develops a sickness and I think he got diagnosed with some sort of cancer. I can't remember what the cancer was, but there was also reports of like, I think the wife or the rest of them kind of like having a cursed existence for a while. Like there was a motorcycle accident that happened afterwards. And so it was almost like they brought this doom and gloom, you know, cursed energy, at least to this, this particular family, you know, which is really interesting. There's another crazy story where, he let the black eyed kids in. He was up late watching a movie, knock at the door. And he's like, what the hell? Like, yep. All right. Let's get your parents on the phone and get you kids home. So he goes and gets the phone and the kids are gone. And then he starts hearing noise upstairs and he's like, what the hell? Did they go upstairs? So he goes upstairs and he starts to hear all this noise in his wife's or in his bedroom. And that's where his wife's currently sleeping. And he hears like come some sort of kerfuffle, you know, like there's some sort of fight happening or something and there she ends up screaming so he like bursts into the room and finds her deceased and the yeah and the kids are gone and then he starts hearing noises in his kids room and so he's like he's like oh no so he runs into the kids room and he claims both kids are now deceased and these black eyed kids then revealed themselves to him one last time and then they just like walked out of the house he calls the cops He's blamed for what's happening. I guess a trial ensues and they didn't find him. I don't think they found him guilty of first degree or even second degree murder. It might've been manslaughter. And he was sentenced to like an institute for, I don't know if it was criminally insane or you know what that terminology is now, Yeah, but that's what he claimed. And this was all these years later, 15 years later or something. And he's finally like sharing this story and he got it. He was able to use a computer and and share that story. And, you know, so you you kind of have to kind of take that with a grain of salt, but there's no way I was not sharing that story. (laughs) You know what I mean? Man, that'd be a bad day. Yeah. And there's so much more detail to it. That was like the quick run through of it, but it was, you know, it was like a, a 15 minute storytelling of all the brutalness that he heard. Like he heard bones breaking and like really awful stuff. Yeah, 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 and he said it was the black eyed kids because he let him in. Exactly, that, that's crazy. Like yeah. you only got to let him in once, and then I guess that gives him a rite of passage. 
Have you ever had a close encounter with the unknown? Have you stumbled upon a conspiracy that's just too strange to be true? Well, now's your chance to share it with the world. Our Cryptid and Conspiracy podcast is on the hunt for the most intriguing and unexplained stories. And we want to hear from you. Submit your tale by voice message or email and join us as we delve into the mysterious world of cryptids and conspiracies. So don't keep your story to yourself. Let's explore the unexplained together. Get in touch and let's make some noise. Links in the show notes. Get ready for some monster-sized entertainment with no pesky ads. Subscribe to our Cryptid and Conspiracies podcast for just a few coins a month. And listen to all the spooky tales of the unknown creatures and conspiracies in commercial-free bliss. Get your subscription now and join the hunt for the truth today. Link in the show notes. Yeah. For the most part. You know, so people question, are they, are they vampiric in some way? Are they aliens? Are they demons? You know, there's not yeah. really a consensus on what they are. It's What's funny is that some of that kind of, it kind of adds up the same way as like alien abductions does some, some, some of the cases anyway, when it comes to missing time, stuff sure. like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up missing time. I, <laughs> I love telling this story. Can I share another UFO Heck story? Yeah, man. Oh, oh, please. Sure, buddy. <laughs> so this happened in the mid nineties and there was a woman living with her family, her husband and her two teenage kids. And it was just about nine o'clock at night and the kids were downstairs and they were about to watch a movie on TV and mom and dad were upstairs getting ready for bed. And they were actually going to lay down in bed and watch a TV show or a movie of their own. So mom's brushing her teeth and dad's kind of like in the bedroom getting, you know, turning down the bed and stuff like that. And she hears him go, huh, what's that light? And she kind of sticks her head out of the bathroom. She's got a toothbrush in her mouth and she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's this weird light outside and it's not the moon. The moon's over here. So she's like, well, let me see. So she goes and looks and sure enough, there's this big round bright light in the sky that looks kind of like a second moon, but there, you know, she's not seeing any of the telltale signs that it is the moon. Mm. And sure enough, she looks over and sees the actual moon. So he's like, let's go outside and look at it. And she's like, okay. So they go downstairs and they're heading towards the front door. So the kids are like, what the heck are you guys doing? And they're like, well, there's this light outside that we want to check out. You guys want to come see? And they're like, yeah, sure. So now all four of them are outside and they're on the porch and this light is off to the side. So they're having to like lean over the right side of the railing to look on the side of the house and see this light in the sky. While they're looking at it, a second later, the light zooms to in front of the house and descends even more. And it's kind of right in front of them, you know, like treetop height. And they're seeing this big sphere of light and they're all just kind of staring at it. And then after a second or two, it blinks out. So they're all kind of like, well, that was crazy. Well, it's getting cold. Let's get back inside. So they go back inside. And the first thing the kids notice, they're like, Hey, our movie's over. And mom's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, the movie's like, no, no, no. That's the end of the other movie and your movie's going to start now. And they're like, no, no, no. Because it was already a little past nine. They should have, it should have been the start of the movie. And so she's like, no, let me go see. So she goes into the kitchen and looks 
at the stove that has a clock on it and it's now after 11. Mm. So the whole family missed two hours of time and to them, it was in the blink of an eye, you know? Oh man, I'd yell, dang it. They got us. <laughs> and she's uh, because she ended up having, I wouldn't say a lifetime of encounters, but she had some pretty major encounters in her life. Like maybe in like 10 year increments, if you will. And this was kind of like stuck in the middle. So she continued to have encounters, but that really like upset them because they didn't know what happened and they didn't talk about it. It was almost like this, you know, they all developed this trauma that was like unspoken and we're just going to suffer in silence. Yeah. And, and not talk about this. And she ended up like divorcing her husband, not too long after that, within a few years after that, and then got a boyfriend and moved way out of town and into this other really remote area and ended up having a really crazy encounter with her new boyfriend, which was interesting. She, they were um, walking in the woods and he liked to collect antlers and make you know, uh, chandeliers and things like that mm-hmm. out of them. So they, they drove to the woods. They have the dog walkie talkies and to cover more ground, they split up and they walk in a big, you know, like three or four mile circumference mm-hmm. around this wooded area. So he's off walking. She's with a dog and she's walking and she's walking for, I don't know, about an hour and a half. And she's like, where am I? This doesn't look right. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I am. And the dog had been fine the whole time, you know, like nothing alerted her that something was wrong. So she takes out the walkie talkie and turns it on and it kind of does this big, uh, uh, kind of like, yeah, big static frequency type. Yeah. Yeah. And then it shut down and she's like, Oh crap. Like it's dead. And she knows that like they replaced the batteries in the truck. They always put new batteries in. She's like, oh no. So she can't even call her boyfriend to be like, where am I? So she's like, well, I'm going to keep walking because I, I must, I'll, I'll see something that I know. So she keeps walking and she's only walking for like another 20 minutes or so. And she sees a mountain that she recognizes. She recognizes the peak and she's like, oh, that's such and such mountain. I need to go the complete opposite direction. And it's only like a half hour, 45 minute walk. And she's like, okay, I'm not that lost. I'm just freaking out. I'm just freaking myself out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so now she turns around and she starts walking back and within like 45 minutes, she starts hearing this honking sound, like a horn honking on a car. And she's like, what is that? So she's getting closer and closer and she can see that it's the boyfriend's truck and he's inside of it, honking his horn and yelling her name. And she's like, "Hey, hey, hey, I'm right here. And so he like gets out of the truck, like angry. He's like, where, where have you been? And she's like, well, I thought I got lost, but you know, I've only been gone for like two hours and they got there at like seven 30, eight o'clock in the morning. It was noon now. And he's like, it's noon. Where have you, you've been gone for like over four hours. And she's like, what? She's like, I got a little lost, but it should be like, you know, nine 15, nine 30. What do you mean? It's noon, you know? And again, Nothing was out of the ordinary. She doesn't remember blacking out or anything. The dog never did anything weird, but she had like this two and a half hours or whatever of missing time again. Sounds like a time slip. Yeah. A time slip. She also kind of, because I discussed that with her, but she also likened it to the missing time with her previous husband. And she was wondering if she got visited again. And she was isolated. So, you know, yeah, that's kind of makes prime time for it. 
Yeah, yeah. But she thought it was weird that she just didn't know. Like, they wiped her memory real good if that happened. Because she, mm-hmm. all she remembers is walking. And, and she kind of had this odd moment of, wait, where am I? You know? <laughs> like, it, that occurred to her all of a sudden. So, you know, was that the transition, you know, where it happened? It been. You know, I don't Who know. Knows? But, yeah. Really interesting stuff, though. What was funny is when you said about missing time, that that's a trip though. That, that would suck. You're just walking all of a sudden, where the heck am I? And yeah. then you've been gone for like four hours. Like, oh, <laughs> now, I'll, I'll tell you the story. I had my own, I wouldn't say it's missing time. I'd say it's like elongated time. It's really weird. And I was with, at work. <laughs> <laughs> so I was with. My girlfriend at the time, I was with her son. He was like 10 years old and we had all gone to, you remember I was telling you, I I researched this local like Mothman story that happened. Well, it wasn't too far away and it's in a coastal, really beautiful coastal town where it happened. So I asked them if like, Hey, I'm going to go research this thing and I got to do it at night because that's when it happened for this guy and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why don't you guys come and we'll make like, you know, we'll go stay at a hotel, make a couple nights out of it. You know, like, yeah, sure. So the first night I go out by myself and all that good stuff. Second night, the kiddo was like, oh, can I go out with you? You know, mm-hmm. can I come, come along? I'm like, heck yeah, man. That'd be cool. Let's ask mom, make sure it's okay. So she says, it's okay. We stop at the store and get him some Sour Patch Kids. And um, I let him know like what I'm looking for. And he's kind of into this stuff a little bit, but he's also a bit scared of this stuff. So I told him it was this Mothman like creature. And he's like, what's Mothman? So I was like, what's the easiest way I can tell him what Mothman is? Like, okay, I'm going to show him the Mothman prophecies trailer. (laughs) Is that the one Richard Gere? Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) so I show him that trailer and he's like, whoa, okay. So you're looking for the Mothman. I'm like, yeah. So then I tell him about the, the real stuff in 1966 in West Virginia. Injured cold. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I'm telling him all this stuff. He's like, man, yeah, let's go see. Some guy saw that here. I'm like, he saw something that was really weird and it made him and me think of Mothman. So anyways, we go to the swampy area where this guy saw this thing and we're sitting there and we're kind of, you know, it's a summer night. So we have the windows down, but you can't keep them down too long because the flies are just awful down in the swampy area. So then we'd roll them up again, but the glare or we'd fog them up. So we'd have to roll them down again and stuff. And I didn't want the car to be on, you know, to have all this extra noise. So he's looking out his window and I'm kind of looking out my window, but trying to survey as much of the area as I can. And he goes, Hey, I think I see red eyes out here in the swamp and where he's looking, it's a swampy area and there's a a big tree and it's got a big branch on it. He's like, I keep seeing the eyes like right under that branch. And in my opinion, that branch was 10, 11, 12 feet up. Okay. Yeah. And he was seeing these eyes there. Also the Mothman prophecies trailer, they really point out and make it a, a point to show big red eyes. I'm like, oh, okay. I've kind of influenced this kid by showing him his trailer. He's stuff, folk- yeah. 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 He's focused on the red eyes. He wants to like look good in my eyes. So he's like, Hey, yeah, I'm seeing red eyes over here. Check it out. And I'm like, okay, did it just happen? He's like, it's happened like five times. And I just wanted to make sure before I brought it to your attention. I'm like, what? Okay. So now I'm watching. He's like, yeah, just, just watch. You'll see him again. And sure enough, these red eyes open or appear. And then after a second, they go away. I'm like, 
I see them. I'm like, buddy, you're right. We're seeing something over there. So we see that a couple more times. It's in a swampy area. I'm not going to go walk over there. I already told you about my insect issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not doing that in the middle of the night. And where there's potentially a 10 foot tall, you know, thing out there. So I'm like, that's really cool. Let's make sure I document that. <laughs> I, we get back. It's like two or three o'clock in the morning. The kid goes to bed and I'm kind of like going over like some pictures that I took and I'm writing down like everything that happened. Cause I didn't want to forget it. And then I finally go to bed. I wake up in the morning and I go to the area by myself to like check it out. I'm looking around the car and stuff and I'm not seeing a whole lot of footprints. There's, you know, boot prints or shoe prints or whatever, my car tire prints, but there's nothing weird or anything. That swampy area. I'm still not going out there, but I can, I can see the tree and I can see that it's really tall. And that branch is like 10, 11, 12 feet high. But then I saw something like under the branch during the day. And I'm like, what is that? What the, where, okay. Where am I in relation to the swamp? Okay. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, cause I could see some houses like way back, like beyond, way beyond the tree and stuff. I'm like, I think I, I think there's gotta be a road over there. So anyways, I take my car and I make my way out there and it turns out there is a road on the backside of the swamp that kind of, no, it's a little hilly. It's a hilly area. And I'm wondering if we were seeing brake lights of cars every mm-hmm. once in a while, but we couldn't hear anything because the road was so far away, you know? Hmm. And I'm wondering if we saw, yeah, the brake lights of cars. But the thing is, is that they were really consistent looking. Yeah. And not everybody has the same brake lights, you know what right. I mean? Or, or, you know, the, the red or like the same like brake light pattern because people can hold right. it, not hold it. Right, right, right. Know? And this was circles and they would, it's not, they wouldn't even close. It was just, on and then off, you know? Yeah. And it was just really weird. And it seemed mechanical. Mothman has been described as mechanical in some instances, you know? I'm like, that's really interesting. So I couldn't say for sure that we saw the Mothman of Camden, Maine, but we saw something. Yeah. It could have been brake lights or it could have been the eyes of a mechanical Mothman. I don't know. But it was cool as hell to like go out there and see it, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. And the you kid have- had a great time. You have forever changed that kid's life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something we still talk about sometimes. It's uh, it's too bad his mother and I broke up, but he's 18 now, and uh, yeah. we still talk once in a while, and he's such a good kid, has such a good cart, and we, st- we, we still talk about that experience sometimes. Cool, oh, man. but yeah, I was going to tell you about elongated time. God, I'm so sorry. I got caught up oh, in yeah. the Wolfman stuff. No, you're good. So, so on our way back to the hotel, we're driving down the road we just went up okay and it's one road out of town and now we're on the outskirts of town we're still in the town of camden but if we kept going but like another five miles it would be a different town but it's still on that same stretch of road yeah and it was probably two miles outside of where the hotel was you know we got on that road had to go two miles and that's where that swampy area is so we're driving back and the road's not changing We're not seeing the town come up. It doesn't take long to go two miles. Even if we're in a small town and the speed limit's like, I think it was 35 in the area. Then once you get into town, it's 25. And it doesn't take long to get back in town. Five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by. The kid starts getting scared. Like, where are we? I'm like, I don't know. Did we turn or anything? He's like, no. 
I'm like, I know. And we kept driving 20 minutes goes by 25 minutes goes by. And then we finally start to see the lights of the town. And then the hotel isn't too far from there. It's one of the bigger buildings that's in that area of town. So I'm like, oh, there's the hotel. And we haven't gotten off the road. I'm like, what the hell happened, buddy? And he's like, I don't know, but I was scared. You know, I'm like, I got to tell you, like, you know, I got your back, but I was scared too. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like that was weird. And we tried to tell mom about it and she just, you know, she's a bit of a skeptic. There's probably reasons why it didn't work out. You know what I mean? Lovely, lovely person. But you know, when, if you know, you're not into each other's things, that kind of sucks, you know? Yeah. Not that you have to like everything, but you know, some yeah. common interests and she didn't know what to think about that. And I don't blame her cause I didn't either. And so it turned into a thing that we just didn't talk about. Although the kiddo and I would talk about it once in a while. Yeah. Do you remember when we drove like a half hour and it was two miles away? It was a half hour. It was a, it was a two mile trip that took us a half hour to drive. You know, it was. That was one of the strangest things that's ever happened to me since then that happened in like 2017 since then, anytime I'm driving and it's like at night, like in general, or I've been on a road that I feel too long. I'm like, look at the clock, capture what time it is. Okay. It's this time. And then I look back like five minutes later. I'm like, okay, it's this time. We're cool. (laughs) There's no missing time. Start wearing like watches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, man. It was freaky. It was freaky, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I I saw some videos on that. People talk about that, how they're driving like certain distances and it just keeps going and going and going. It's almost like an eternity where they get. Yeah. It felt like we were in some sort of time loop because the road kind of kept looking the same because there's this little stretch where you get out of the downtown area of this little small coastal town. You know, it's very touristy and stuff, but then it's just woods on either side and you drive five, six, seven, eight miles and you get to the next little small town and it's just woods on either side. And that kind of kept, but we didn't go that far. We were just two miles up the road, you know? Yeah. And when we left that area, we kept just and it was just woods on both sides, woods on both sides, 25 minutes of that instead of two miles of that. Like it, what? you know, Man, it took us crazy. like, I think from the hotel, it took like six or seven, maybe eight minutes to get out there. Maybe. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to lie. I, w- I would freaking start panicking too, man. Like, uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it, did you, you know, like, did you like ahead, start speeding up? I did a few times, but it's a very deer heavy area. So the last thing I wanted to do was like hit a deer or two and be in a time loop. Like, fine, you know, like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> you know, and I, boy, I didn't even think to check my cell phone. I can't remember if that was working or not. Yeah, I don't remember that because we were just kind of like having little like panic attack. But this often happens. Like I've had experiences where I, I think I've seen a ghost and I'm not like, wow, I'm experiencing a ghost right now. I'm kind of like, <laughs> eh, 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 eh. like, what am I seeing? Like, I think there's something wrong with my vision. Yeah. There's been times where I've had a UFO sighting and I'm looking at it and I have all this gear sitting next to me, you know, night vision camera, uh, full spectrum camera and all that stuff. And I'm just sitting there staring at it like an idiot, not doing anything. And I'm a UFO researcher, you know, like you kind of just get caught up in the moment. Caught up in the moment. Yeah. And this thing is happening. And I'm like, I have a child with me. What's happening. Just stay cool. You're going to see town any second. So you're just waiting. And then next thing you know, this goes by, that goes by. And then maybe I'm cracking a joke or something, try to get his mind off of stuff, you know? And so you're just 
trying to do your best, you know? And I was yeah. like, I didn't know what to do other than yeah, like, to keep driving. Yeah. Inside you're going crazy, but you're trying yeah. to play it cool for him, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, last thing I want him to do is to feel like super scared. It, I mean, I don't mind showing my feelings to, you know, to people, but in a situation like that, it's late at night, you got to be, you're the one in charge. You know what I mean? You're the, you're the protector in that situation. So I, you know, I wanted to make sure he was okay, but yeah, he knew, he knew something was wrong. You know, he's like, it didn't take this long to get out here. I was like, I know, like, this is weird, man. And it was like groundhog day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was really, <laughs> it was really weird. I was, uh, this is, I forgot to bring this up a while ago, but whenever I, I'm, I'm going to backtrack quite a bit, but when we talk about MUFON and then a lot of those experiencers, whenever they rebuke these aliens in Jesus name, they, yeah. Led, but and then what I was going to say, my story, I didn't see an alien, but it was about six o'clock. And here, at least this time of the year, it's dark at six. And, and I mean, oh, was this was this what happened like a day or two after our. Yeah. Our conversation. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I don't know. It was interesting because I probably wouldn't have done it if I didn't like know like who who we were going to speak with upcoming and stuff like that. And I walked down, I looked up in the sky and I text Drew right after. And I tried to record it, but there was, it looked like the North Star. It was a bright white light. And I thought it was a plane and think anything of it. But then I looked up again because I'm like, it just looks like a white light. It's moving. I mean, it was moving fast, but there wasn't any trail or anything behind it. So I could tell it was just like a massive orb in the sky, but it looked like the Northern Light I, or a Northern Light. Or wait, no, no, the North Star. Sorry. And th- there were, I saw a couple planes and then it went like over a plane and everything. And then just for kicks. And this is where I just play with myself. Oh, that sounds weird. And this is just where, like, I was uh, just being humorous with myself. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> playing with yourself. <laughs> You're out in the front yard. <laughs> hey, neighbors. Um, but I, when I looked up at that light, I'm like, you know, if you're not of God, then then I command you to stop. And I'm, I kid you not, it stopped. And then I, and then I didn't really freak out. I'm like, huh because <laughs> i still had it in my had it in my mind i'm like well i don't want to be late to work but i just i was <laughs> I like you know, walking and then i stumbled on something because i'm just staring up at the sky because right, <laughs> right. at that point i'm i started getting like a little bit more paranoid i'm like man if i'm late to work that's gonna be bad and yeah before i, I sat in my car i like looked in my car and then i looked back up once again it was still there i haven't seen the light there since but it was very interesting just how prominent that light was in the sky i mean that sucker was freaking bright yeah. And it's, and it stopped for you. And I have actually had people that have seen something and they just weren't in the mood today, you know, kind of like that, not today, Satan type of thing, you know, and, and, and one in particular was with this Mike guy and him having all these, this lifetime of encounters, like it hasn't been fun. Like this isn't a fun thing for him, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. And he's sick of being scared of the nighttime, you know? So it was a similar thing where he was going to work like wicked early one morning. So it was still dark out and he's seen an actual UFO. It's not like a light or anything. Like he's seen a craft and he's like, I, we're not doing this tonight. We're not, or, you know, we you gotta go. Like this isn't happening. And it, you know, this, the situation like alleviated itself. I don't know if it just, I don't think he saw it blink out or saw it leave or anything. He was just hands on the steering wheel. He's like, not tonight. We're not doing this tonight. And just kept his head going and just kept driving and was like almost ignored it, you know, to leave it alone. And, and he got to work on time. There was no missing time or anything for him, you know? And so 
I guess I have heard of that, but you know, not rebuking in Jesus's name, but just be like, "Yo, not tonight, please." I guess I think it's do. so. It's just so wild, man. Like I don't know, just with a lot of this stuff, man. The more energy and thought and emotion and and I guess spiritual aspect that you, that you give something. It's crazy how it can start to gain manifest. more power. Yeah, well, man- yeah. manifest. In there. I mean, it's, it's just like, I mean, because I'm a believer. I don't know if it's everything, but how there are things like Dogman and Bigfoot, like they have to phase into our reality because they're from, I don't know if it's with all, but I know I've heard of several encounters and talked to people. And and I mean, these things literally just, just appeared. At first, they would look like uh, the predator in cloak mode, which I think some can cloak. And maybe there might be um, some truth to that with with the Yeti and stuff. Sure. But then, I'm, I mean, we talked to a guy, oh, crap, uh, Ed Brown. And I told him during the interview, I saw this video online where it was a cloaked Sasquatch. He said, oh, yeah, that's my girlfriend. I'm like, well, sorry, this big. Not his girlfriend, but his girlfriend. girlfriend's the one that recorded but, it. Yeah, she recorded it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, that's wild. It's a small world. And and since then, I'm like, it's so. And, and a cloaked Bigfoot is known as a glimmer man. I think it's just a. The Glimmer Man is just referring to Bigfoot. And it's it's very interesting. And I've even seen, not in America, but on other streets, like just aliens. They were recorded in the background and the person taking the picture of their friends didn't even notice them either oh, whenever so they were they, taking the picture or when they were recording a video. It was walking by. And it's crazy how, I mean, it goes into how our eyes work. Like it's that could because it takes tons and tons of pictures of mo- like a second with our eyes. So that's why it's, really good whenever you get it documented by video or photo you can actually capture that stuff because yeah. if you're not looking for it you're more like you're not gonna see it but out yeah. in the woods it's it's so wild. but but anyway it's just it's so crazy how this stuff has to manifest into our reality and i believe it has to start this crap has to start eating and becoming a, a part of this world to be able to live in it oh basically yeah they have to yeah. if how, how however long these things stay in our in our dimension, I should say, they have to abide by the rules. Mm. So if something gets caught here, UFO, Bigfoot, whatever, if let's say if they can't go through that portal, they came through interdimensional, whatever. After a while, they have to abide by our rules, gravity. You got to eat, you got to drink water, stuff like that. So it's basically, they're basically adapting. Interesting. Wow. Let me ask you guys something. Have you uh, come across witnesses who have seen both a Bigfoot and a dog man either at the same time or in the same area, but different times? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have. One of the last hunts we went on, her name was Fair. She had like a lot of like Sasquatch activity and some dog man activity. How is she distinguishing them? Is it like different prints or? Basically she had a footprint and then. She had these things supposedly coming out of the cave, and she also took a photo of one. It looked oh, like wow. a canine, but it wow. was almost like a shadow creature in between the brush. But you specifically seen the head of it of the form of like a German shepherd. Yeah, we and we had one of our friends, and she is ex CIA and stuff, but she has a team of remote viewers, and her and her team viewed this area, and and we even had our buddy who was a uh, our buddy Nick. You know, who who does this stuff. He was like, man, you guys shouldn't go. Do not go. But yeah, she was saying there's a whole, so much freaking activity there. It, it wasn't as hot and heavy as we thought it would be. However, in, in the aspect of, of cryptid and stuff, 
However, in the supernatural aspect, there was a lot of stuff that went on there. And, and we stay away from that paranormal stuff. It's because that stuff can definitely follow you home. Uh, and I'm like, I don't want to bring that home to my, to my wife or my kids. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's so wild too. Cause while we were there, we actually went over cause Farrah and her husband, they were looking up at the sky on the other end of her house. And it's probably her, her house. It was probably like three quarters of an acre. And it was in a, like, like a little sliver of land and her cabin was nestled, I guess closer. Yeah. It was close about 50 feet fr- from the cave. And then you have like almost a, a steep hill right by her house. So there isn't a lot of land by the house. And then right by her, on the other side of her house, it's like a drop off into um, a, a creek bed, maybe like seven feet, seven, eight feet down. And yeah, it's like a little island <laughs> that you stay on. You got to cross like a little, little bridge, but it was really neat when we were there. But yeah, whenever I went to the back end of the house, I saw and heard her and her husband talking and I looked up and then there was like, I'm assuming it was UFO because it was, it wasn't bright like that North starlight, but it was, Definitely noticeable. And it was more like a yellowish. I believe it was like a yellowish kind of tint. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't see any other blinking colors, but it was really, really high up and far away. Oh, and we also saw that, uh, what is that? Starling. 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 Yeah. We, oh, we, yeah. We got, like we all had preached for a second and somebody was like, oh, that's Starling. We're like, oh <laughs> gosh, is that, <laughs> we're going to die. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what was, what was the trip though? Is that with that expedition we went on, it went from Bigfoot to dog man, to UFOs, to skinwalkers, wow. and then paranormal stuff all rolled into one. So we had like yeah. a little bit of everything going on. It so, sounds yeah. like sounds like Skinwalker Ranch or Gillian's Ranch or something. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a trip, man. That's that's wild. Huh. Oh yeah, it was something. <laughs> yeah. But now, man, uh, yeah. It's basically written like the two hour mark. So Wow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've been going for a while. Well, thanks for letting me tell a whole bunch of stories and oh, you know, sure, sh- man. share stuff. Yeah, there it goes up again. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, man, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. You want to talk a little bit about your book and things oh, sure, yeah. up and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I have a uh, new book coming out this year. It's actually uh, the 10 year anniversary of my first book called UFOs Over Maine. And I completely rewrote the entire book and added an additional like 150 sightings to, to, to the new book. So it's over 400 pages and almost 200 experiences from Mainers. And it includes everything from abductions to men in black encounters. I write about the werewolf stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff in it and I'm currently raising funds for it. I'm not with a traditional publisher. I typically self-publish. I have been traditionally published and the first book was traditionally published. And I did that twice and it was a great experience. I learned a lot from it, but you just, there's no money in it for the author. You know, the publishing house makes the majority, like 95% of the money from the book. So I wanted to start releasing books just by myself. And, you know, as times, as you know, how times are right now in 2024, everything's super duper expensive. So I have a fundraiser going to raise funds to be able to print that book because it's really expensive to print books these days. And, and I've got, you know, a, a few donations now. I think there's 12 or 13 donations right now. Yeah. And so I have a GoFundMe and I can send you the link if you wanted to. Yes, it definitely, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, set up those links, man. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be out as soon as I can get enough funds to get the first batch out. They'll be they'll be out, and uh, I'll be doing some library appearances and some uh, convention appearances this year, and I'll have copies with me. But if you want to check out my podcast, it's called I Want to Believe, and you can search that on anywhere you get your podcast. But if you just do a Google search for Nomar Slavic, it's such a unique name that just all my stuff comes right up, and you can see my books and go to my online store or check out my podcast and I have a documentary that's out and it's exclusively streaming right now on Paraflix Paranormal Plus, which is kind of like a subscription service like Netflix, but it's for all things paranormal. And uh, so it's been streaming there. It had a life on Amazon Prime for a few years and I retired it from there and went exclusive with Paranormal Paraflix. So that's been fun and you can go there and watch it digitally. So that's basically where you can find me. Just do a Google search for No More Slavic and you'll find all my stuff. Yeah, man, we'll definitely plug that all in the show notes as well. So I appreciate it later on after the show. Just go ahead and send us where all those sites are at and I'll have to plug it in there. Cool. So we'll do. Other than that, no more, man. We appreciate you, dude. Dude, man, good stories, man. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Rad. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Yeah, I had a great time. And thanks so much. Be sure for your audience to check out your appearance on my podcast. That'll it's it'll be a good time. And it comes out on uh, February 10th. Right on, man. Cool, man. Yeah, like uh, we said, we're kind of like out of the, I guess out of the know when it comes to UFOs and stuff. So we'll be going to you if we got any questions for sure. I got you back. You just let me know. <laughs> right on, Ski. All right, no more. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, man. Later. Bye. Don't end it, Zook. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you stopped me going for the button. <laughs> I did win. All right, guys. Uh, you know, we actually appreciate you guys coming on and uh, listening. So, Zook, you got anything to say to the people? The peeps to the listeners. Well, just just remember to put God first, learn to pray, and and just and and always do your own research. There's a whole lot in this life we're never going to fully understand, but I do know one thing: God is is above all, and He should always come first. And I mean, that's definitely what this podcast focuses. But we do focus on cryptids, of course. But yeah, this isn't as we always end every episode. This isn't really a battle against flesh and blood. Yeah. What about you, Drew? Yeah, like Zuck said in Ephesians six twelve. But yeah, guys, like you said, you know, if you guys got any, uh, you guys got any questions, or you guys got any encounters, or you guys just want to just chit chat and talk, or if you guys got any prayer requests, you know, just hit us up, you know, on cryptidwarfare at gmail dot com. That's cryptidwarfare at gmail dot com. And you know, I know twenty twenty four is going to be a, a good year, or it could be a rough year. So, but you know, pray and hope that you guys just take it just like one day at a time. And, uh, you know, just keep your heads up. So and just keep, just keep pushing, you know, don't stop. Don't quit. Just doesn't matter how life hits you down. Just get back up and keep moving. So, but yeah, other than that, yeah. Just remember, you know, that Jesus loves you guys. And, uh, we really appreciate Nomar coming on, man. He has, he is a plethora of knowledge and when it comes to the UFO encounters and stuff like that. So yeah. And if you guys could, Zook's going to be plugging in the show now. So just go ahead and support him. And also to, um, yeah. Just go check out his podcast, guys. It's uh, I Want to Believe. So, yeah, just go ahead and, and just check out his podcast. And other than that, guys, uh, we just hope you guys have a good, blessed week. And Zuck and I are going to be up five hours from now. So talking about spiritual warfare. So that's going to be a podcast coming up next. So, All right, guys. So uh, just keep your heads up and keep pushing. Chat with y'all. See you guys. Later. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Look. God is so good, man, it's crazy. God is so good, man, it's crazy. I came a long way and I still got a lot more to give, but I'm patient. I'm working on me and I want you to see that I'm doing that daily. And in this generation, you showed me the curse, I be the one to break it. I swear you can keep all the nonsense. See that, man, I never had time for. You see, in a world full of darkness, do not be alarmed if I shine more. To live in the light, that's what I'm for. Y'all hold it down till we find more. I might throw a concert in heaven. Yeah, it'd be a ticket to die for. Everybody waiting in line for, singing me rhyme for. People with joy to be happy. You see how we making it, living and pacing it. Know that we doing it, natty. And what are you thinking? Ain't nobody sinking. I know you see God as my captain. And he gon' pick up when I'm lacking. I promise it's bigger than rapping. Huh, huh. I promise it's bigger than rapping. Still put the mic in the heater. I'm sick with a fever. And I ain't even up in no cabin. I can't be put in the box. So no, you won't see me. Well, that's if you tracking the package. Step in a land full of demons and still be at peace. When you see when I'm wreaking some havoc. Hold up. I think they peeped the style now. Mm-hmm. Be like this for a while now. Won't find me in no pal now. Mm-hmm. You cannot turn this down now. Mm-hmm. And I say, back and sit back and watch me move. Sit back and watch me move. I sit back and watch me move. I sit back and watch me move. I sit back and watch me move. Yeah, we're gonna keep all that. Yeah, wait, let D move. My style can't be reused. I can't be afraid of me too's. Look, I step in it well like free shoes. God got me, so you won't see D lose. I been this way since preschool. Look this way, that way don't seem cool. And I still got more sauce than G Hughes. Good lord. Mm, I'm back with some help. I'm building my stock. I'm backing myself. Trust me, the team isn't lacking no depth. I'm walking with God. I'm tracking my steps. Mama just bought me a brand new cross. The Lord is my GPS when I'm lost. He throw me a blessing, I catch it like mouse. My soul can never be bought. I don't think I need a mentor. I need to vent more. I already know what I'm in for. Why do you think I got him for? I wanna win more. Without the reason to send more. Get what I'm saying like 10 4. This is a pen roll. Yeah, my flow sweeter than Lindor. Spirit ain't never been piss poor. Tears of big joy. Put them on sweat in the gym floor. Look, don't be scared of the pressure. Just soak it all in like water and leaves. Instead of neglecting the messages, look in the mirror. Say, Lord, I believe. Yeah, it's a lot that I am, but I think that they like when they calling them D. I had a calling, so I had to answer when I seen that call ID. Hello. Yes, Lord, I surrender it all to you I can get him involved with you But first, I'm passing the ball to you I'm giving all of my flaws to you I'm only answering calls from you I get back up when I fall to you You ask if I know what to take, I do Winning this race, we don't need no pit stop And I do think that we can save this thing that we call hip-hop Anybody don't like it, I really get excited if I take down a big shot <laughs> It's D, man Yeah I can't explain the feeling, I just know You go through it to get through it Mm. Yeah Oh, we gon' be okay It's gon' always be (laughs) alright Yeah Light rap